All right, everybody, welcome back to Dadology. Once again, my name is Luke. And I'm John. And it is awesome to have you. You know, once again, I just want to thank you guys for continuing to listen. It's just been really cool to see all the different people from, honestly, around the world. Yeah, I did not expect that. When when you said we had one from Belgium, and when the last one came out, he was... Luke messaged me and he was like, all right, the episode's about to drop. Let's see if Belgium listens. And he was like, Belgium listen. I was like, that's amazing. Listen, and, and, uh, person from Belgium, if you're listening again to this one, shoot us an email. We want to meet you. We want to know who you are. Uh, things like that. Honestly, anybody, uh, we're going to put down in the description here, uh, our email. So if you have any comments, any questions, snarks, whatever it is, please send us an email. We're going to, we would love to hear from you guys. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what, you know, what you want to say. And, yeah. um, and, you know, I think later on it would be cool. Like if you guys bring us enough questions that it, that we could have kind of a Q and a sweat, you know, section where, uh, we answer some of the questions that you guys give us, uh, yeah. if we don't would, already yeah. answer it. Yeah. If we don't already answer it and nobody knows that we answered it except you, baby. Except you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. And, uh, you know, and so obviously through this, we know that, that God can do a lot of different things and, you know, everybody goes through different times in their life and, and seasons in their life where, um, you're just dealing with different things. And honestly, just even the age of our children, uh, you know, my oldest is 10, uh, in a couple of months will be 11. And that preteen years, I have no idea (laughs) what I'm about to get into. And she's already, you know, I, you know, it's, she's already got the whole, um, talk back and, (laughs) You know, you're gonna the, rely heavily on your wife for that one, <laughs> <laughs> and I and it's honestly that I do. And there's definitely been times where she's like, "You need to learn how to speak to a teenage girl better." And I'm like, "I'm not a girl, though. I don't know what else to do on this." And so it has been a huge. Yeah, I'll have that be, coming up. Yeah, it's true. In you know a couple of years, honestly, it goes by too fast. Yeah, uh, I was about to say it's probably sooner than I think, even though it's. Seems right now it's far away. Well, listen, you know, when that, when the kids, they go through the teenagers twice, when they're um, three and then when they're teenagers. I, <laughs> yes, they do. I'm the, in it. <laughs> yeah. The three nage, uh, three nager, mm. you know, years is what we, uh, my wife and I had called mm. it. Um, but man, yeah. uh, you know, but for preteen, this preteen starting way sooner now. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Let's, yeah, that's a whole nother topic for another time right there. Um, but guys, we, you know, we've been going through and we've been really kind of digging into the verse in Deuteronomy, which we're going to read it here. And in these previous, uh, you know, weeks and podcasts that we've had, uh, we've really wanted to just bring out that calling in your life of being a dad, remembering that mission, you know, modeling what it's like to be, you know, an adult in the world, right? And what it is to follow God. And then also how we're supposed to mold and teach and train these things to our kids. And then now we're going to really talk about magnifying the good. And this one's probably one of the most important lessons to learn, especially as we're training and teaching. (laughs) Yes. And because it's so easy to just not 
you know, to not look at the good things and be like, okay, this is where they're messing up and pulling those things out rather than talking about what they're doing, what they're doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah, We get, we get stuck in the mundane of every single day. We're, we're doing this. We go to work. We, uh, we got household things to do. The weekend comes, we got life that we got to do. And it's very easy to forget to, to magnify the good in your kids instead of just always trying to correct them. Right. Our words have power. Uh, what we speak, the way we speak them, and when we speak, knowing when to say things, <laughs> that's an important thing. Um, it, you know, all of those things, if we do that in alignment with God's word, it's going to shape our children and, you know, into godly, you know, adults. At least that's the hope. They still have to make that choice. Right. Just like we said last time, it's, it's you plant the seed in them and when they are at that age of on their own, it's their choice they got to make. Yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, but I think, I think the, uh, you know, when we speak, um, because <laughs> here, here's one thing that I have to learn, especially with my children, um, is the fact that I can't say everything that comes to my mind <laughs> and I shouldn't say everything that comes to my mind. In fact, if you just read through Proverbs, they kind of deal with that, you know, a lot <laughs> of like, you know, the fool that continues to run his mouth, right? Like, yeah. So I definitely have had plenty of moments where I look like a fool because I said something when I should have just been like, that's not worth yeah. it. That's oh, not a good time for guilty. that. <laughs> well, I, I heard something once and it, it, it falls right into that. It's like from a distance, uh, two people arguing both look like fools. Like the, from a distance, the person doesn't know who's the fool and who is it. You both look like fools. That is very true. That is very true. And so, but the goal is we do want to magnify the good. So our verse, Deuteronomy chapter six, six through nine. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise, and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Uh, once again, so as last week, we did stick with a lot of that section of shall be on your heart and you shall teach them diligently to your children. Well, this is just adding on to that same part of this verse here is not only, yes, we're doing this, but this is more of a practical, like, this is how you do it (laughs) and how and what you're to magnify. Um, and so, so as we look at the verse, you know, it's apparent that communication is key when you're just talking with your kids and knowing how to properly communicate those things. First uh, Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12 says, for, for you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Now, this is him, you know, talking directly you know he or he's writing the letter directly to the church in at thessalonica Mm -hmm. and but it's interesting how he he makes this comparison of like as a father talks to his children this is how we wanted to communicate with you as a church as well right as a father we should be we should exhort 
those in our house. We should encourage the ones in our house. We should charge people, like push a little bit, right? Like to walk in the manner worthy of God, you know, the one who calls you to take dominion. So we're going to talk about four intentional ways to magnify the good. So number one is we're going to value their uniqueness. And I think that's that's a big one, especially if you have multiple kids, because they're all different. They might have some isms that are the same that they probably get from you and, and things like that. But who they are, they're they're all different. Yeah, I have four kids <laughs> and each one acts a, quite a bit different from the other. Um, now, it's going to be, you know, my fourth one. He's he's uh, he's only about 10 months old. Uh, so he hasn't quite come into his personality yet. So, but I can see some stuff that I'm like, I'm like, this dude's going to act just like me. This ain't a good thing. <laughs> I'm like, he already looks like me. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's maybe take some, let's just hopefully he acts in good ways. <laughs> yeah. Take <laughs> you know? the good. Take the take good the things. Good, please, you know, cause I'm not perfect and I know that and I'm asking forgiveness all the time, you know, but, Absolutely. Like there are going to be similarities into all the children just because, you know, I'm dad, my wife is mom, right? Right. Like they're going to both or all of them are going to take certain things from us that are going to be similar, but maybe the way they express those things. (laughs) And for you dads out there, that's the the part where how you respond is important. Yeah. Because if they respond, if they take those similar things, and they respond with them or, or they they use those things differently, it could be triggering for you in a way that you respond in a way that you shouldn't respond. They're not doing anything. Just there's, there's been times like with, with my daughter where she'll yell at one of her toys and I'm like, that's not how we say it to you, but that's how a toddler then takes what you're saying in one way and they that's how they perceive it. And then spit it back out and it's like how you respond to that is is the the most important part in that moment because if you respond one way it's going to crush their spirit and they're going to be like oh i'm not going to want to express anything anymore because i can't or if you don't correct it if it's not necessarily the way that you were like hey that's not the way i was expressing that let's work through that then they're just going to think that it's okay to do that right and so I think that's a, a very big point that some of these things are the way they respond is going to be a big deal in how you respond to that. Yeah. And to also kind of go back, you know, and just kind of add on to all, all that we've been talking about. Uh, I actually had a situation, uh, not not a situation, but a, a conversation I had to have with my oldest because she started watching... Um, I think it's called Cheerleader Moms or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's one of those really of those dumb shows? reality shows where moms are flipping out way more than the daughters are. And the daughters are, like, confused all the time. But then the daughters flip out just like the moms do. And, yeah. you know, and their marriages are all in tangles. And there's just, like, a whole lot to them. And there's drama. And, of course, that's the whole that's part the of the show, yeah, show. sells the show <laughs> you know and it, you know she started kind of watching this which with my oldest she's she's at the age that she could see that and be like and just know that that's just not how we act right like right. she's she's heard it enough from us seeing how we act and know that mom and dad don't act that way 
you know, but I have a huge age, you know, different age gaps, right? My, my child who's 10, almost 11 years old, may be able to see that and discern and say, yeah, I don't act this way, but my three-year-old can't. Right. Right. So she, my, my 11, 10 year old sometimes gets mad at me when I ban certain shows or movies and things like that from the house. And then I finally, and I realized I was like, well, I hadn't really explained to her why, yeah. you know, and this is dad fail on this <laughs> one. Right. But then I kind of sat with her and I was just like, listen, I was like, you might be able to handle this, but your three year old sister can't. Right. And she will pick up on those attitudes and the words that they say, mm-hmm. which those cuss words and things like that that might be in there, like you can discern and say, I don't say those things. That's not how mom and dad talk. But your little sister, you you know, this is where you as a big sister have to step up and lead a little bit. And and so after that conversation, it just kind of I could see that it was like, oh, that makes a little bit more sense now. And then right. I was like, and I should have said that <laughs> for a the, long time ago. Well, you know? I, I, I feel like with that is sometimes um, as parents, we're like, you don't need I don't need to tell you why when I tell you that you need to do right. something. There's a reason why you need to do it. Because you you just so. need to. <laughs> You need yeah. to do it, and I'll tell you the why when when you need to know. Because sometimes it's like an emergency situation where it's like, I don't yeah. have time to stop and explain this to you. You need to be able to say, hey, if I say get in the car, you need to get in the car. Right. But sometimes it's like, okay, now's the moment where I need to tell you the big picture. But yeah. we get so caught up in the in the uh, the moments where we're like, I don't need to tell you why right now. Right now you need to listen. And why I'm telling you this is because I need you to do this. Right. And and we forget that sometimes we got to go back and, and tell them the why. Even yeah. in those serious moments. Hey, this is why I did this in this moment. This is why I, I shut you down and I needed you to listen. To, I needed you to hear me. Yeah. And then sometimes it's uh, TV and you're like, oh, yeah, let me go. <laughs> let me throw that back in there so you understand. Yeah. No, and that's no, you're exactly right. It, there's there is a time and in place. And that's kind of going back to the when to speak mm-hmm. um, in an emergency situation where there's somebody who's super sketchy walking down the road that don't live in the neighborhood you don't know who they are you know they may be totally fine and they may have just moved in the neighborhood and they're walking their dog but you don't know that right and you know my my girls who are out there i'm going to be like hey let's come back towards the front of the house here where i can see you right you know or i might just go stand out there you know because i don't know in those situations and um but then later on uh, especially with my older girls have that conversation uh, when, you know, because when they can handle that, like, yeah, not all people go to church. <laughs> right. Not all people, right. you know, act in a godly way that we have to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, there are, you know, there are situations where I could have in that very moment, many times before when I right. said, hey, let's turn this off because this this and this but i i didn't you know once again dad fail (laughs) (laughs) and i I will say to that uh for all you dads out there um if you're always at a 10 with your kids when it's an actual emergency they're not gonna know that's true because if you're if your kid is running out in the street and a car's coming and you yell at them they're just gonna be like ah dad always yells but if you 
learn how to regulate that. And, you know, I'm still struggle with that many times with my kids. Um, and, and when an emergency situation comes up and you're like, Hey, they're going to register dad's at a different octave. Something's going on. I need to listen. Yeah. And then it's like, you can actually do some good in those emergency situations for your kids. But if you're always at that level for all the little things, it's like crying wolf. When it really happens, they're not going to believe you. We see four different things. Like we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast about how there's just different ways that people learn things. You know, and, you know, we talked a lot about with us where you just want to get in there, do it, yeah. fail, learn from it, and then just, you know, and things like that. And But each person, there's four major types of learners, right? There's people that want to see it, people that want to hear it, people that want to write it down and take notes, and people who just want to do it. Um, but on top of that, of how they learn, there's also a love language that causes them to feel loved and valued. Yep. And that's also really important. Um, it is. To, so it's one thing to be like, okay, I recognize that my kid doesn't want to listen to me try to explain it. They just want to get there and get their hands in there and try to do it. And, you know, but then how you respond to them, you know, like your kid might be somebody who tends to go towards like the acts of service that they may want to just get in there and do it and then you just tell them how great of a job they did right you know and thank you for for doing this for me and then but they see that hey what i did was was good and it was accepted and even though that uh mac and cheese that they made may have been awful <laughs> but the fact that you recognize that hey i'm so i'm so thankful that you did this for me right right and that's that act of service but if it's on the other hand of that somebody who's like the you know words of affirmation like they just want to hear how great of a job they did yep right yep. so somebody who's acts of service doesn't care about necessarily about I mean, they care about the quality of the job, but your words don't mean as much to yeah. them. Like, you can tell them all day long that it was great. It was awesome. It was great. They just wanted to know, that, hey, you've recognized that they, that they helped, that they right. did something and yeah. that, and have that recognition. But definitely that words of affirmation, you know, cause I, I'm just thinking about my kids right now, my yeah. different kids. Cause Wait, each how kid... each one responds good, <laughs> how they respond to you. Yeah. I'm thinking about me. Like, I'm a words of affirmation person. I am as so. well. So it's like, I don't need you to tell me I did a good job, but when you do, yeah. it, it hits home. It does, and I and honestly, like my oldest is more like her mom, acts of service, you know, like doing those type of things is how she feels love. But her way of feeling love is like she loves. Which I love this too, because now she's actually getting really good at like cooking stuff and doing <laughs> that stuff. Cause, you know, at first it was like, eh, you're making a huge mess, you know, and things like that. But now she's getting to the point where she, she, she's doing it correctly. Right. And, and, but, you know, but just me acknowledging like, Hey, thank you so much for doing this for me. I started to notice a difference, you know, whereas, you know, my eight year old, she she'll do something like that but if i just say hey thank you for doing that then she's just like oh man no. dad didn't like it yeah but if she draws me a picture and puts it on my pillow and i look at it and 
you know, it's a monkey flying an airplane or whatever it is that she, yeah, that girl has a creative <laughs> mind. She's got, I think she did one for Christy one night. She drew a picture of two dinosaurs having coffee in a coffee shop. Oh, I was I like, this it. is That's awesome. <laughs> you know, and so, but it, but like for that, I, you know, if I come in and be like, dude, that picture was so awesome and so creative. She, she lights, lights up. up. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how my three year old and 10 month old as they get older, kind of adapt into those different love languages yeah. to see you know what they're going to be in that but it all just it just changes how you how you react and what you say um you know with your kids and Mm -hmm. it's it it's one of those things that it's going to change between each kid and just recognize that you know if your oldest kid doesn't you know doesn't like you sitting right next to them all the time because they're not really like physical touch and there may they may not even really care about the quality time you know, with you, that's nothing offensive, yeah, right? That's, <laughs> that's not like, oh, I hate dad. Right, right. <laughs> that's just, you know, my oldest, she's exactly like that. She like, if I, if I want to annoy her, I just give her a big old hug <laughs> and not let go. And she just is like, dad, get off of me. <laughs> right? right. You know, but my, my eight year old and my three year old for sure, they both, want to be next to dad hug dad let me hug you if they're sitting next to me their heads on me if not just all the way sitting (laughs) on me (laughs) which honestly i absolutely love all of that and so um real quick like uh i'm not i don't want to call anybody out so don't take this that way yeah but i want to challenge you guys if you don't know um how your kids are in those in those areas, like how they want to learn and and how they feel loved. I challenge you to this week or this two weeks till the next one comes mm-hmm. out to um, to find those in your kids. Yeah, because they're there. And I want to challenge you to go find them and recognize those in your kids and start to acknowledge those things in your kids and watch the change. Yeah. Yep. And this might be offensive, but put down the phone. Put it down. <laughs> I'll speak into I'm, myself. I'm on getting this better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's what it requires. It requires you to be attentive. It, um, it does. Turn off the TV, put down the phone, just get the electronics put away. I've actually have heard stories of men who have just completely done away with smartphones and all of that stuff. And they're like, it's crazy, Mike. We actually talk in my house, <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, yeah, I mean, that's what it requires. Yeah. It requires that let's put the technology away. Let's turn the TV yeah. off, especially, you know, dinner time. Make a point. No phones ha- at the table. No phones. No TV on. Tur- TV completely turned off. Nothing going on. If you have music on, it needs to be calm music instead of like rocking out at dinner. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And but have it to where there is a, a time where you can sit and talk. Now I get schedules can be crazy. Our schedule is crazy. Some We're, people work twenty four hours a day because of their job. Like yeah, and, you know, well, especially in like medical or yeah. um, firefighters, things like that. Yeah. Those type of fields, absolutely. They they have jobs that require a lot of time, but they, but there is still time when you are home and when you can be attentive and when you can be there. Um, that you need to really be intentional 
Um, I have been working. I have been, yes, I'm kicking butt on the providing and, and giving safety to my family. But hey, I'm a total zombie when I get home because we're exhausted, right? But this is where strength of the Lord got to (laughs) come through and say, actually, my real calling has started when I walked through that front door. Right. Right. And that's my kids. And, and to that, most of the time, um, and, and my wife pointed it out to me and it hit me pretty hard. I didn't say anything, but inside it hit me hard as, uh, my wife just told me, um, sometimes she's just looking for your eyes. Yeah. And it, it stung. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, honestly, dude, if you give your, if you give your kids like 10 minutes of undivided attention, alone play, like where they just play with their toys and they don't need the attention is a lot faster than if you're like, give me tw- 10 minutes, give me 10 minutes, give me a moment, give me like, that's when they're like, no, I need you. No, I need you. But like sometimes if you just give them that 10 or 15 minutes, that's all they need from yeah. you. And when my wife told me like she's just looking for your eyes, I it, it hit me so hard because I realized like I'm not even looking at my daughter, but I'm responding to her and I'm doing these things. And I'm just like, dude, it it, it hurts so hard because it's like what is so important that my daughter can't see me look at her? Right. Yeah. And I work from home, you know, and with my job, you know, with being at home and we homeschool our kids. So our kids are always there and it is so easy for me to take the whole idea of like, okay, I'm working right now. I need to focus on this task. You know, if you come up and talk to me and I say, hold on a second, it's because I'm trying to finish this task. Um, But it's so easy for me to take that and still use that even when I'm not you're working, not, not working, you know, to be like, hold on a second. I need to add, you know, and it, and it, I do a, a ton of things here at the church and there are, you know, and I try to separate, you know, when I'm working, I focus on work, you know, when I'm doing church stuff, I want to focus on church stuff, but then it's like, but there are times where I've kind of recognized, like I'm, I'm getting irritated with my kids just trying to get my attention and while I'm trying to send out a text, you know, even though it might be like ministry stuff, you know, but then I, I kind of go, wait, hold on. And then I'll shut my phone off and put it down and I'll, and I will. And I try to make it a point to, especially with, with my eight year old, because she won't let me look away from her anyway, <laughs> you know, that, and she's even like, you know, lifting, lifting my head yep, up, right. Yep. You know, like dad, look at me and, you know, which is one of those like, I kind of went through the same, a very similar thing just a couple of years ago on that is I need to look when my kids are talking to me, you know, and I've even told my kids, like, when I look at you, you have my undivided attention. And so that's one of those things is like for them to also recognize that, especially while I'm working, that until I look at you, is you know then yeah. i may not completely hear you all the way through you know but it's one of those i have to actively like listen and yeah. take the time and and focus in on the conversation and so but in addition to that you know to all of these things that we've talked about they will also have you know god-given personalities 
And so in order for us to magnify the good in our children, they must know their uniqueness isn't a burden. Yes. Right? Dude, I saw something today, like literally today on Instagram. Um, It was somebody, I don't even know who it was. It just came up and um, what they were saying was like, in those moments where your kids are a burden or they're doing something and you just want to get irritated and you just want to get mad at them, you just want to yell at them, like, what are you guys doing? Um, he said, in that moment, close your eyes and imagine you're 80 years old and you had a time machine and this was the only moment you could have with your kids again. And it just made me stop and realize, like, all the crap doesn't matter. Right. They're kids. Yeah. Yeah, you'll never get this time back. God has designed them with with who they're meant to be. He's created them to succeed, to take dominion, you know, and wherever they go. And that uniqueness will have to be guided and trained just like other aspects of parenting, right? Yep. And we we need to refuse to allow culture to speak lies over our children, Um no matter what it is right mm-hmm. like culture you can just if you just sit down and watch some of those disney shows where the parents are idiots and the kids are the smart ones <laughs> all like of them? all yeah all of a them lot, and it's a not, lot of them well and it's not just disney shows right but it's it's you know any of those kind of kids sitcom type style you know shows they all do that but even now every movie you watch there's some you know sexual preference thing that's coming through and and everything yeah you know they're pushing that agenda very heavily and that's one of those things that we as as dads we have to refuse to allow that to be the bigger voice in our family and and otherwise that that is what's going to come out and so life is a gift and it's our job to train their uniqueness right so my eight-year-old is a has a very loud personality she will talk and talk and (laughs) one day she's going to be a great leader and she's going to lead people and she's going to push people to do great things but Right now, it just comes out in a whole bunch of emotional way (laughs) that I need to go, hey, I understand your feelings are valid right now and that you are angry. But when we get angry, we need to respond in this way and not screaming. Right. (laughs) You know, and so that's where that. Yes, she she is a very loud and talkative person. And right now that that is coming out in a very emotionally driven kid way right you know that that my job as a dad and my wife as a mother for us to look at that and be like yet you're responding this way you need to respond this way instead and so um so our next point here is we want to speak to their purpose and not their lack that's a big one this is a big one most most dads that I've known have always just been like, 
like with the the sports dads, like you can you can drop a hundred points in a game in a basketball game, but your dad's gonna always tell you like you missed this block, you missed this layup, you missed this free throw that could have won the game. It's like, go ahead, right. but dad, did you see I'm the highest scorer to ever play <laughs> at our high school? He's like, it doesn't matter. Like you did this, yeah, or like the baseball, here, like, you're holding the bat wrong and you struck out every time, and it's like, yeah, but I made the diving catch that won us the game. It doesn't matter, like yeah, and that's like. You know, I grew up like in the '90s, and like that was a, a big thing. It was just like these are all the things you did wrong. Good job, knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and actually, a lot of '80s movies really kind of dealt with that toxicity as well. Yeah, you know, having you know that dad that was just over, which I don't. You know, obviously they do it in a very <laughs> they do it. Their response was also very toxic in those movies and stuff yeah, and how they responded yeah. as well. You know, so that I'm, the, the, I'm not using that as an example as to let's do it this way, you know, <laughs> but more of like that is something that has been recognized and, and has, you know, I, I feel like culture has been doing, you know, especially through the church, been doing a good job of kind of reducing that, you know, but it's kind of swung to the other end of that where now yeah. you know we we have dads a lot of dads are just super passive in yeah. doing anything and they don't say anything and they don't do anything yeah. and so as a culture we we've went from super overbearing you have to be the best at everything and if you're not the best you're not my child <laughs> yeah <laughs> to uh, I love you and great job and you did absolutely nothing wrong ever. And it's like, ah, that's not that's right. That's not what we're saying either. It's, <laughs> yeah. what we're saying. it's like in the sports metaphor, because it's, it's easy, it's like acknowledge those good things at the game, after the game, especially if they won, because they're, they're excited. Be excited with them. And then when you're practicing with them during the week, like, hey, I noticed this in the game. You did this, and, and, and I noticed this happened when you did this. Let's work on that. Yeah. Instead of the game's over, you just won, and I'm going to kill your high with uh, you suck and you did this wrong. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's finding that balance and then – and going back to the last ones, molding the clay, it's finding the balance and, and shaping their, who they are and embracing their uniqueness. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it is, it is really easy, you know, to see what they are lacking over the, like the purpose and greatness that's inside of them, you know, and, yeah. and we do just as dad, it's just a natural thing. And honestly, probably a lot of just how we were, we were raised, um, to bring that that forth over the purpose and greatness, uh, and but I mean obviously we will forever be older than them. We will have experiences. Uh, we've developed some understanding, and we want to give it all to them, and we can when the time is right. But we also have to remember, like God has called us to train them, not fix them, mm. like. Fixing our children implies there is a problem, right? And so we're not here to fix them. God's the one that does that kind of stuff. That's the Holy Spirit and that kind of stuff when it comes to changing those things and taking the negative out of their life. And he may use us in conversations and in good timing to, to help, 
you know, in that endeavor, but it's not our job to fix. It's our job to train up our kids. And so, but we have to understand the difference between being coaches in our kids' life and not critics, right? Because as a coach, you know, coaches have to know their players, right? right? Going back to the sports, you know, metaphor, coaches have to know their players. They love their players and they challenge their players. They, yes, there's times where you have to have some hard conversations. You have to push a little bit, you know, pick them up when they're down, you know, have some conversations that, but is you're going to challenge that. We're going to love on them. You know them, right? But it's always for the betterment of the player. It's because they, they, those, as a coach, you see the gifting and purpose. And you're trying to form that character, you know, out right. of them and, and put that into life. And then so obviously in, in a sports metaphor, that's easy, for, you know, especially for dudes yeah. to really see that, especially if you've played sports at all, that there have been people in our lives that have been coaches. And you know that, yes, they push, you know, if you're starting to run a little bit slower, they, hey, speed it up, Rollins. Yeah. Speed it up, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, come on, lift that. You can lift that. You know, I was a football player, so like, I, I remember hearing all of that from the coaches. Rollins, you need to pick it up right now. Like, yeah, but that was a thing. Like, that I needed that to get better and to move forward. And that's as dads, that's we have to know our kids. We gotta, we gotta learn to how to love our kids through their love languages, yep. and then we're gonna challenge them. To yeah. be better and to push forward, but we're not critics because critics only think about themselves, and so it always comes back to them. Right. Right. So as a critic, like if I'm a dad and I see that they've done something wrong, going back to the sports thing, and you immediately like point out, like, oh, you did this wrong, you did that wrong, you did this wrong, um, and before I've even talked about anything else. But that always comes back, oh, I noticed, and I would have done it this way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, like, if I would do this, it would have been done this way. Right. This is the right way to do it. Right. You were wrong. and But that always comes back to you as a, as a person. So when you're, when you're talking to your kids and when you're having those conversations, recognize that. Am I being a critic right now? Am I thinking about how I would do it or am I thinking about how they how to develop that in their uniqueness right right and noticing that Re- and recently for me um I've I've noticed I, I somebody said something once I don't even remember what it was but I've noticed it now every time and and back to the fixing a problem and um whenever um like my daughter does something and I respond However, I respond like usually it's like, well, if you weren't yelling, I wouldn't have to raise my voice at you. And that's mm-hmm. fixing a problem. That's telling your child they're a problem and they need to be fixed. Right. Re- I heard that. And, and lately I've really been trying like when I start to get to that. Well, if you didn't, I'll stop and be like, what you did made me feel this way. This is why I responded the way I responded. Let's work together. And. Just that little change. And at first, my daughter was like, what you talking about? <laughs> what is this? Like, what? But, but right. it, it goes back to that. Like, your kids are not a burden. Your kids are no. not a problem. 
they just if they you got to train them and you got to coach them and and sometimes you got to take you out of it and like in those moments i have to take myself out of it and be like if you didn't do this i wouldn't do this well that's like you said putting it back on me that's me giving myself whatever credit or however i feel is more important than how you feel and, and stopping and just being like this is what and then it just goes back to communication and then that's when right. you as your kids get older they're like oh if i just talk to my dad and and break down how i'm feeling because when they're kids screaming and yelling is how they get out the emotion because they yeah, don't know they don't know how and, but if you're yeah. if you be vulnerable with your kids as they grow up they will learn to be vulnerable with you and actually communicate back to you right now and but if you notice like a distance especially if you have some kids who are a bit older you know maybe you're starting to notice some distance that's being produced in you know between you and your kids and that could you know because as a critic even though you believe that you are trying to help like we are like even if we are doing that we still believe like oh i am trying to help you know but in the end you're just you are just producing that distance yeah you know and because you're trying to push for this perfection over like the value and purpose and the greatness that's inside of them then it's going to push them away you exactly and you know as for my 10 year old uh, who's almost 11 i'm you know there's been times where it's like you know she has said it's hard for me to talk to you and then that's when i have to recognize i am being more of a critic mm-hmm. and not you know and not a coach and somebody who is trying to better them right. but just trying to make them look better so that it makes me look yep. better you know and yep. and and that's just the whole wrong way to go about it and nobody's going to be perfect in any of this. And and so, but point number three, you know, be the number one encourager in their life. If you aren't, somebody will. For all of these things, if you don't do it, somebody's going to do it. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially if your kids are in public school, things like that, it's going to be, it's going to be their friends. Oh, yeah. It's going to be teachers. It's going to be coaches, which isn't necessarily always bad things, you know. But especially with friends, they're just as immature and they don't know things and they don't, you know. And so they're if they're friends, uh, you know, honestly, there's a story in the Bible that just this makes me think of. So if you've ever read through uh, First Chronicles, there's about 20 chapters of or I think it's it's either 10 or 20 chapters, those first chapters is all going through the all the kings, just this genealogy of this person reigned for this long and they did this, mm-hmm. you know, and in this, there's, they. I love reading through it. I know a lot of people are like, oh, this is really it's, boring. It's tough. <laughs> <laughs> but I love reading through it because throughout all of it, there's these interesting little snippets of things that they just add that don't seem to really make a whole lot of sense a sense and right. like it's like an interruption in in this kind of this king and this king and this king into this oh here's the story of this like kind of side off thing and uh, okay back to this king this king and one of these is an interesting thing of where one one of the kings you know his the father dies the, the current king dies and this king is grows up and he comes in and he's 
and he's young he's really young and he has all of his father's advisors still there giving him good wisdom of how to run this country but he also has his friends just talking in his ear about the just silly things right? right and he chooses to go to what his his young inexperienced very lacking in wisdom and go after what they had said which was completely there was i mean we're talking steps of of murder and and the adultery. bible's real y'all <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean th- this king decides to murder people in fact all of those old advisors gets rid of them spoiler alert yeah yeah spoiler <laughs> alert so definitely go and read through this um but it's you know he ends up bringing all of his friends his buddies along to go through all of this and then of course like almost immediately you know here comes this other nation right like he comes out from under the protection of god and here comes this other nation that comes through you know and they he ends up getting you know nation of israel ends up getting conquered they lose those battles and uh and then that's the end of his reign right (laughs) you know in those moments and then they go through a couple of kings and things like that and it continues with all of all of that um and so it's really interesting though like in that same concept of you you know you need to be that voice of wisdom in your kid's life and you know over their friends because their friends are are inexperienced they don't have the wisdom of life that you and other men in the church you need to be active in a local church because those men are going to help you out yeah (laughs) trust me there was you know growing up i remember some of those old guys being like whoop what you doing (laughs) nothing (laughs) i couldn't get away with anything because they would have been telling my parents right (laughs) you know and so that's the thing get around some of those people people that are going to pour wisdom into your kid's life you pour wisdom into your kid's life and that when and so when their buddies come along then they're gonna they will have a choice i'm gonna just like this king did he had a choice to listen to the advisors of his father or listen to his buddies and he decided to listen to his buddies right now your kid will have that choice come eventually right where and there and there's going to be times where they choose the voice of their friends and it's not and it's not going to work out and that's and that's where you and this is in those moments where you don't immediately become that critic right this is when you go this is instead of coming and be like i told you so you should have listened to me. <laughs> That's my bad. <laughs> hey, I, I'm, I'm just as guilty of doing yeah. things like that as any other dad is, you know, or husband, honestly. <laughs> like, uh, it's so easy to get in those because it's like, yeah, I was right, you know, <laughs> and that pride kind of builds up yeah. a little bit. We need to Sometimes knock that being down. right isn't a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so when those moments inevitably happen, then that's when we can have a choice of coming in and showing love like God showed love to us and, you know, and just loving on them in those moments. And then in time, have that conversation of you chose this. These are the consequences of this. We need to deal with this, you know, but I'm here for you the whole way. We're going to work through this. 
it's going to be tough. It's going to be challenging, but here we go. (laughs) You know, there are consequences for all the action. So at whatever age or, or season of life you find yourself, never stop cheering them on. Don't just feel deep emotions and feelings like say them. Yeah. Put it out there. And Say, I love you. <laughs> for for a lot of you older dads out there who probably grew up, you, you probably didn't hear your dad say, I love you. He, he probably did and showed you through actions, but he probably never right. said it. Yeah. Or or it was very rare when, you're, when your dad said, I love you. So don't, don't do, you know how that made you feel. Don't do that. Say yeah. it. You say, I try to say it to, to my kids all the time, especially like my son. I'm always like, I love you. I love you. I love, I love you. you. Yeah, I love it's annoying, like I'm gonna but... <laughs> say it till they're noisy, so you get it because, uh, and he'll be right. like, I know, and I'm like, no, no, no I, I, I love, I love you. you. I love you. I know. Yeah. No, no, no. You don't. I love you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely say I love you. Uh, I think the big one, uh, and this is one in you know newer generation dads are, you know, I've seen kind of struggle with this as well because you know that. You know, my dad wasn't one that shied away from saying I love you. Um, and I'm really thankful for my grandfather on my dad's side of the family because he was a very good, strong, kind-hearted Christian man. And he's, you know, a role model in my life, very much so. And he was never one either to shy away from saying I love you, you know, and and having that those words that would come out. You know, but one thing that I will say, and I I love my dad to death, you know, but one thing my dad never did say to us was, I am so proud of you, right? And that's a big one because that's uncomfortable to say. It shouldn't be, yeah, but it kind of is. It is. And I mean, all these things can be uncomfortable for guys. It's true. Yeah, saying I love you, but, you know, for me in particular, saying, like, I'm so proud of you, and even hearing people say that say that to me, it totally throws me off because yeah. I'm not used to hearing that. And uh, you know, and honestly, I've noticed that when I started doing that and saying that more, like for my wife, like it's been a lot easier to do it with my kids as well. Right. You know, and that's kind of going back. Like you start with you know yourself and working on yourself and then you you work on your marriage and that relationship there and then all of that's going to come in and and be much easier as you work with your kids Um, one place i know for me to it's difficult to say is with my little brother and it's just because we had the relationship that we had growing up and now we're both adults and he's doing his own thing and, and and i am proud of him but I've noticed that even with that, it, it, the first time I had a, I told, I wanted to tell him I was proud of him. It was difficult. And I'm like, I don't want that to translate into my kids and into my wife when she does something like, right. like it's going to be difficult if you, if you don't do that. But like now doing that. And then I look at like when my little brother does something, I'm like, man, I'm proud of my little brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even if I don't like it or I do like it, or, that's not the point. The point is, is I'm proud of you. And then that translates into my kids when it's like when when one of them does something, it's like, hey, I'm proud of you. And it gets easier because it's now it's not that you never were proud of that person. It's saying it is the hard part. But once you right. do it and then it gets easier and then you can now 
And if you do it now where your kids are young, expressing those emotions, it's like, it's like I tell my daughter now, it's like, you're allowed to have your feelings. You're allowed to have your emotions, but how do you express them to me? If you're not being kind, it's not okay for you to not be kind. So doing those hard things, especially if they're old enough to recognize that that's hard for you and it's getting easier, allows them to also then start expressing those feelings back to you when they have them, because it's probably hard for them too. And you're the model. Right. So you have to be able to do it as hard as it is for them to see that it's okay to do that. Yeah. You know, part of this is going to be discipline. You know, we're not talking about like punishing our kids, but disciplining your kids. And I do want to also kind of speak in, you know, because when we've taught this content here at our church and we've went through this with we've had some people that have come out and said, I, I don't want to have any part to, of the discipline. I don't do any of that. Um, most of that all ties back to because their father was was abusive, either physically or verbally. And mm-hmm. there's fear of that coming out in them. Yeah. And I really want to press into this, that this it is absolutely necessary for dads to be involved in the disciplining of your children. This is not something that is just on your wife. Yeah. It's never intended for that. And I I say that because I know that there, this is a very difficult thing, especially if you've had abusive parents. Everybody wants to be the fun dad. Right. Especially if you're in a household where the dad works and the mom's home with the kids. And they're the ones that literally are disciplining the kids all day long because they're with them all day long. And then you come home and you want to be the fun dad. You don't want to then be like, okay, this happened. I need to to discipline the kids. But you have to be a part of that. And you'll notice a difference in your relationship with your wife and your kids if you are a part of that because you are called to lead your home. And if you're not a part of this key factor, you're not leading your home. Right. No. Yes. And... But I also do want to kind of dig into the difference between discipline and punishment. And because discipline is something that it's what you do for a child. Mm -hmm. But punishment is something that you do to a child. Right. And so to magnify good, there's going to have to be some moments where you have to discipline. You're going to have to dive into those conversations you know, we just can't be passive in in yeah. that, right? Like, I think so, just not doing anything is worse than... <laughs> <laughs> right. And so whether you spank your kids um, or whether you choose to do more of the, what do they call it, the gentle parenting, or I don't remember the exact name of it, but it's just more of, of conversational parenting, I guess, is, right. is better, you know, of where you kind of talk your kids through those emotions and through those mistakes and have those conversations rather than going to a physical punishment. Right. Or maybe you're a mix of all of it, you right. know. Well, it comes back to the very beginning of what we were talking about here. If you know your kids love languages and you know how your kids uh, like to, to learn, then you know how you'll learn how to to discipline your kids. Because you're like, if, if you don't know their love languages and you don't know how they learn and you're not paying attention to who they are as a person when it comes to discipline, you're not going to get through to them no matter what way you try to do it. And right. But if you start to learn who your kid is and you start to learn uh, what 
triggers them one way or the other way or, or how they respond to certain things. And th- that discipline then becomes a lot easier in the sense of I know how to get through to my child. This was not OK. Right. Yes. And and when we kind of look at it, there are kind of two extremes of fatherhood. Right. People the one extreme is I love to discipline. <laughs> and the other one is I hate to discipline. Yeah. Um, but ultimately discipline, you know, having that moment with your kid is just necessary, but we don't want to be either one of those, right? right. Like, cause we don't want to be so much into it, because, especially if you have daughters, there are just going to be things that your wife can say it, to them and, and talk yep. with them that you just won't be I able to. I was literally about to say that. As soon as you were, <laughs> right before you said that, I was like, if you have daughters, sometimes mom's got to do it. Yeah. Because Absolutely. I'm I'm not a female. I have no idea. <laughs> right. And I'm learning that with my 10 and 11 year old right now because I'm like, she, you know, when my wife calls me out and it's like, you're going to have to learn to talk to a, a, a girl teenager. And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. I'm going to have, you know, so it might be sometimes where I just kind of observe how she's having that conversation you know, and then kind of learning that, but also talking to other dads who's already had kids that go through that right. stage and, you know, where they went wrong and what they did right, you know, and, but I, you have to kind of learn all those things. Um, this is what's going to happen to, what's going to happen to Luke is going to be, uh, what happened to my parents. So I, me growing up, my parents were really strict with me. Uh, like I had like early curfews where my friends were like much later they could do more things like it was just really strict with me and then my brother and sister because I'm, I'm much older than they are you know they start coming up in those things and those restrictions weren't there and i was like yo <laughs> what is going on and you know now as an adult me and my mom were talking one time uh, more recently and i was like yo mom uh what's up with that and she was like mijo we didn't know what would happen or you were the first one. Like we had yeah. to learn. And she was like, when you didn't die, it was okay to let them do things. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that's what, so for, to Luke's oldest, sorry, I know what you're going through because <laughs> <laughs> he's got to learn. And it, it's not anything to you. If what looks like to your little sisters is better than you got, <laughs> we just got to learn. Right. And, and realize what works and what doesn't work. Well, and I've said this before. I, I apologize to my oldest <laughs> all the time because I'm like, you are the guinea pig and I am so sorry. I yeah. mess up. And when I mess up with you, it makes me a better father to your sisters <laughs> and to you as in the long run. In the run. long run. Yeah. yeah. And I tell her all the time, like, I'm so sorry, you know, that I don't do it all right with, you know, with you, you know, but it may seem that I do it better with them. And that's because I learned, I've learned and I've grown. And so I ask for her forgiveness all the time. But that's a big deal. Like you recognize that right now, instead of when she's like 30 years old and like, yeah, finally says something to you. Uh, Right. And and that's, that's part of everything that we're ever going to talk about on here is not just 
teaching your kids, but it's teaching you too, because it's all the things that we have to learn for all you people out there that are uh, fixing to have a baby and you don't have one yet. Here you go. Here Here's you all go. the information. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. Gonna help you. Yeah. This will help you. This will help all the time. Um, and for those who are about to have their first kid, find a group of dads. Yes. It's so the, important. The, the wisdom and knowledge that they share. Yes. Even, even if it's nothing to do with the Bible, nothing to do with church, just being a good dad, like it's yeah. all there. Watching them how they react it, with their kids. I, I will say the when when my family first started coming to church, I was like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't really want to do this, you know, whatever. And then this church does life groups, and I'm like, what are life groups? Like I I grew up Catholic, <laughs> there's no like there was church things, but it wasn't like life groups and having community with people. And so I was like, ah, oh, dad life, whatever. I'll sign up for this and go. And, and I, it was hard for me. Like I didn't want to do it, but it's become like the best group for me. Like Mm -hmm. there was many times in that first group where I sat in the parking lot and I was like, I don't want to go in there. I don't know these people. I don't care. And, and then I would eventually go in, even if it was a little bit late and fashionably (laughs) and, you know, now like two and a half years later, like I'm doing a podcast with one of the people in the dad group. (laughs) And, and it's just amazing if you just, open up a little bit right and step into those things that what you can learn and how it can change your life and how it can make you a better father especially if if you're a first-time dad it and you're like i don't know what to do i got this kid they're screaming i'm trying to figure out what's going on like those are the people that are going to be like let me learn you though yeah yeah it's necessary you know, and and so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap this thing up. And I, I just want to encourage all the dads listening: is you've got this, you can yes. do this, yes. you can win in being a father, even if you aren't married and your kid and you have split custody, yep. things like that. I encourage you: be the best godly father that you can be to your kids in any situation and you can and you you can do this and you can win in this and so speak words of life over your children the bible says that children are a blessing from the lord even when they're screaming they're a blessing they (laughs) are it may sometimes it might be lord thank you for those little blessings (laughs) and other times you're gonna look and be like man thank you so much for these blessings it's good there's gonna be times where they they test you because you know god uses so many things for us to learn how to love like he loves which is unconditionally Right, right you know and so we show them every day what unconditional love looks like we want them to love life, enjoy life, right? Mm-hmm. Speak into that. And that will only happen as we as dads focus on more of what they, you know, what what they are adding to the home and those around them rather than always calling out what they aren't doing and what they don't know, right? right? They're not adults. They don't have life experience experience, right so you you know we can't expect them to act as we do with all of our life experience right and so speak that life into them and 
and really pull all of that out of all of the good, magnify all the good that they have and that they will bring. And you're going to start seeing your kids take dominion in everything that they do. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to go ahead, and as we do every podcast, we're going to close out in prayer. John's going to lead us this time. Right. And, uh, and so, guys, just join us. Uh, thank you, Father, for bringing us here tonight. Thank you for uh, all the people that are out there listening, all the dads, uh, all the dads that feel like they don't have anybody, Lord. They have you. Um, we, just, we just thank you, Lord, and I pray that, that as we go forward in these next uh, few weeks, that you just open our ears, open our eyes, our, open our hearts to our kids, that we see our kids and that we we listen to our kids and, and that we magnify that good in our kids and embrace the uniqueness that they have and that we can really just be that father that they need us to be. It, just like you're the father that we need in our lives. And we just thank you, Lord. Amen.